Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. Today, today we're going to talk about the topic boundaries. Boundaries. Everybody say boundaries. Paul put it this way. He said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I thought as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. We're going to look deep and dive deep into that today. And you know, the world is filled with boundaries. You may not understand, but there are boundaries that are visible and boundaries that are invisible. Even in the sanctuary, there are invisible boundaries. This stage is a boundary. This stage supposed to mean technicians, singers, pastors, musicians, they occupy this space. And then this area is for the congregation. That's a boundary, you understand? And as I look in the aisles, I don't see anybody sitting in the aisles today because that's an invisible boundary. You know you don't come to church and sit in an aisle. That's a boundary. So in life we have invisible boundaries, but there are visible boundaries around this property that you'll see that you may not have thought of prior to this day, but as you exit the parking lot, there's orange barrels, there's orange cones, there are barrels that direct us and guide us and tell us you can't go here, but you can go over there. You understand that? So we live by boundaries. There's boundaries for walking, for sitting, for talking, according to where you find yourself. There are boundaries for moving, boundaries for stopping, We have boundaries all around us, but sometimes I think we have overlooked the most important boundaries of all. And those are the guidelines and the boundaries that God has set in his word that apply to us as his sons and daughters. So today we're going to talk about those boundaries. Oh, but when we were young, as this song said, that's why Paul said, when I was young, when I was a kid, I did a lot of stupid stuff. How many did some stupid stuff when you were young? How many still doing some stupid stuff? I've got my hand up, right? Oh, sometimes, sometimes I just say, you know, wow, I'm stupid. I've just said that to myself before. I'm sure God's thinking some other things about me. But you know, some times in life, the the most boundary-less time in life is when a baby's born. Wouldn't you say that? Like you get that little baby home and then they start doing things for the first time. How about the the first time you start spoon feeding them and then they like spit their food out. And oh my gosh, we think that's so cute. When they spit it out, it looks so cute. You take pictures of it, you post it, you think it's so adorable. And then the first time they say, no, no. You think that's adorable, it's so wonderful. Oh, look how cute, they're spitting their food out, they're saying no. Then all of a sudden one day they like slap you right in the face. (laughs) And you're like, wow, that's cute, yeah, it's really cute. But, But imagine like fast forward 13 years later, you're sitting at the table, you got fried chicken and mashed potatoes and gravy. I'm hungry, it's a southerner talking, it's almost lunchtime. 
and, and you put, your teenager gets a big scoop of mashed potatoes with gravy on it and they take a big old bite of it and they spit it right in your face and say, no, that's not funny. No, all of a sudden that's not funny. You see it's where you are, but you're boundaryless as a child. You, you just don't know, but you know, life just teaches us things as we grow up. I mean, you know, you learn to mature and that's what Paul's saying in this passage that I, I was like that, I really didn't know, but now I'm more mature and I understand things. Now, now I have maturity in my life. So today we're gonna talk about boundaries and as we're gonna start with a prayer, we want to remember the family of Ruby San Cruzado. Um, she went to be with the Lord this week and she is completely healed and whole. And we pray for her family. We, continue to pray for the Chrysler family who recently had their son go be with the Lord. We continue to pray for Nancy Swire's family. Her mother passed away recently. We just had so many incidences along with the El Paso and the Dayton, Ohio incidents. You know, we just live in a time of loss, a time of tragedy. There's always something beautiful happening and at the same time, something tragic. If you haven't lived long enough to understand that, that's just passages in life. You can't just shut down and give up when you have a loss. You have to look around and find a purpose. You got a purpose and a reason to move on, a reason to live, even to continue on that person's behalf to say, you know, they would want us to rejoice. They would want us to be happy. So let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for this beautiful day. We ask that you would be with all of those that are in need. Bring only the comfort that the Holy Spirit can bring, Lord. We are so limited in what we can give to someone in a time of loss and need, but you're the comforter. Lord, be with them. Lord, reveal your comfort, your love, your peace your tenderness, Lord, to all who are suffering, God. Be with those families and friends in Dayton, Ohio, and El Paso, Texas, and bless this word today. Let it be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. Starting early. Now, I'm going to use this as a boundary, and I'm going to just say that over here is this. Everybody say this. And over here is that. All right, there we go. So if I'm over here, I've got, I'm in this. If this is where God has called me and this is where my mission is and this is what God has for me to do and this is where I will find my future and my destiny, I don't need to be getting over into that because now I'm over into that and I'm missing What's this for me? You understand that? So think of boundaries that way today as we're discussing boundaries. Think of them as this or that. You can even think of them as light and darkness because the Word of God makes clear distinctions and boundaries that begin in Genesis 1 and 1. Even the first verse says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. They're two different things. That's even a boundary, and a boundary defined by the dictionary is a line that marks the limits of an area. 
A boundary is a line that marks the limits of an area. So Genesis 1 and 1, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 4, God saw the light that it was good, and God divided, say boundary. God divided the light from the darkness. Verse 5, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So day is this, and night is that. See, you got day, you got night. You got heaven, you got earth. And one, two, and... And verse 6, God said, let there be a firmament in the heavens, in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided, again, another boundary, the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. Don't get confused by that. And he called it heaven. That's what he called the firmament. Rain and all those things. We have water above us. We have water below us. That used to confuse me, but it's just heaven is in the middle. So the boundary is water from dry land, or as the word of God says, the earth and the sea. So you just go on and on in Genesis, and if you're, as I was, clueless that all of these represent boundaries, boundaries that are important to God, that I just thought of it as one conglomeration of creation and couldn't wait to get to the end that it was all done. But actually, each one has a function and a purpose. And from here, with earth and sea, came the sun, the moon, the stars, creatures that fly above the earth, creatures that crawl upon the earth, animals that live in the sea and live down under the earth, and all of these beasts and living things, the Bible says, because God is a life giver. Everything God makes lives. God never made anything that does not have life in it. Isn't that beautiful? Everything he made has life in it. And he made it to live and to live to the fullest. And then finally, God created the most problematic of all creatures. You and me. We can point to ourselves, say, I am problematic. You're not making a negative confession by saying that because the Bible says we were born in sin and our mother in sin conceived us. And sin is a problem. Amen. So we are problematic. So I'm not a beast of the field. That's over here. I'm not a bug. I'm not, I can't fly. I can't live underwater. I'm not SpongeBob. Why? Because God made distinctions or boundaries. But he told me to stay over here. He stay, said, you stay in this, and don't you get over into that. Even if it looks better over there, you stay over here. Everybody say, it's better over here. Got one? Now say it again. It's better over here. That's a family joke. We were on a vacation in North Carolina years ago. And we were lost, and we were looking for an Amish restaurant named Yoder's. Anybody ever heard of Yoder's? Anybody in here ever eaten at a Yoder's? All right. We got some right here. Well, you know that's good food. It's the best food you'll ever eat. It's phenomenal, made by the Amish people. Well, unfortunately, this gentleman, 
this little elderly gentleman from North Carolina, he probably owned this little saloon we went into, and he was sitting at the little saloon bar. He had his little glass of bourbon sitting at the table and turned his stool around with everybody that walked in the door. And we walked in, and my son Jeffrey said, excuse me, we're looking for Yoder's uh, Amish restaurant. And he cut his eyes around Jeff for a minute, and he said, it's better over here. He didn't want us going over there because it was better over here. <laughs> and we've laughed about it ever since. It's been a fun, all we have to say is that one thing and we all remember that story. And so the Bible says, out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that's pleasant to the sight and good for food. Say good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, I'm just not going to preach on this, but careful, some of you foodies that say you're eating clean. I'm not putting you down, but I just want to tell you something. The Bible says that God made everything that is good for food. You believe that? Okay, so if, if God made it, it's clean, right? Okay, so if we're not eating what is clean to the world today. Does that mean we're eating dirty? No. Are we calling God's food dirty? No. So be careful how you, you know, terminology, you, you can buy into a lot of things in the world and you find yourself even saying things that are contrary to God's word, but everything God made, he said for food, that it was good. Say it's good. Now you can go home and eat some of it, right? So in verse 15, God put Adam in the garden to dress it and to keep it. Can you imagine God with Adam in the garden? I mean, think about it. Oh, God's like, man, I have to teach him every little thing. You know, it had to be exhausting. No, Adam, that is a vitus labrusca. It is not a grape. Oh, never mind. Just call it a grape. Uh, no, Adam, that's a pyrus communis. Never mind. Just call it a pear. You know, after a while, I mean, I'm sure he got so tired of just having to deal with everything. And finally, God is like, man, this guy needs a woman. <laughs> and va, 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 boom, Eve, she was the babe. She was the hon. She was the one. <laughs> we used to say that when I was a teenager. Does anybody even say that anymore? Actually, you used to say, I'm the babe, I'm the, home, I'm the one, right? So then in the closing part of that chapter, it says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now, this is before sin. The shame came after the sin. Did you know that? Yeah. So that was O to B in that era, right? But we're familiar with chapter 3, which is the conversation that ensued between the serpent and Eve, but maybe you never thought of it in this way. Maybe it went something like this. So the serpent comes to Eve and says, so here you are. How do you like it so far? I mean, can't you eat anything you want? Or didn't God say you shall not eat of everything out of the garden? And she said, oh no, we can eat anything 
except just that one tree. We can eat anything. We can have everything here. There's no limits. There's just that one, one tree. That's the only thing that we can't have. And he's like, shoot, that's no fun. That's the best one. That's the most delicious of all. And like when you eat it, it's so amazing. And not only that, you know what it feels like to be God. I mean, it's your life. He created you, but you, it's your life. I mean, you can choose for yourself. And that's exactly what she did. How many times has the enemy talked to us and said, hey, it's your life. You've been through a lot. You, you deserve this time for yourself. You deserve to get out of this and get over into that just for a little while. You can always go back to this, but hey, this is that. You know, hey, it's okay for you to be over here. You deserve this. It's your life. It's your choice. Anyway, you've been to church all these years. You know you can get back in the grace and just get back over in this, and then God will forgive you. If you're a Christian, if you're not, you don't even know. I mean, you just, everything is so blurred in your life. You don't know what is true and what is false in our lives if we don't know Christ. But she gave it to Adam, and the Bible says when she gave it to Adam, when they ate, their eyes were open, and they knew they were naked. And she's like, Adam, look at you. Adam, for the love of fig leaves. Adam, the, the, the hipposaurus or whatever that stupid name is that you gave to that thing is looking at you. Cover yourself. And he was like, it is called a hippopotamus. I mean, don't you think that happened in the beginning? Don't you think they were nice and like, oh my gosh, we're naked. We've sinned. Let's hide behind a tree. No, they started blaming each other and and they started sinning and just cursing each other and putting each other down and slamming each other. Because the Bible says when sin comes in like a flood, it doesn't just start, well, you were nice, but something doesn't feel right about the way you're speaking to me right now, Adam. No, they just started right out having war with one another. It just began instantly. And so boundaries were broken, and boundaries then prevented them from entering in to the beauty that God had prepared for them. They were no longer allowed. Angels were put as boundaries to the entrance of the garden, and they had fire, and it was saying, no entrance, you are not allowed. Where they were once allowed everything, they wanted the one thing. You know, they wanted the one thing, the one thing they could not resist. So I want to talk about the importance of establishing boundaries in your life and in your relationships. The first boundary we're going to speak about is personal boundaries. This is important. Boundaries say where I end and you begin. Boundaries say where I end and you begin. The lack of establishing boundaries means you're relinquishing control of yourself to someone else. If you don't have a self-boundary set, a personal boundary, then you're relinquishing that control to others. And there are plenty of other people waiting to take your control. 
They want to have control over you. They want to manipulate you. We should each have our own identity, our own responsibility, and our own space. It's very important. No, none of us can survive and thrive without personal time and personal space. I think that's a good word for everybody. Boundaries are concerned with self-control. Personal boundaries are all about self-control. The Word of God says in Galatians 5, and 23 that it is actually a fruit of the Spirit. It's how you know that you're attached to the vine, Jesus Christ, if you exercise, as the, as the Greek word says, temperance, which means self-control. God gave me the ability, if I live within the boundaries he has set for me, to exercise self-control. I can't stand before God and say, I didn't have a choice. They made me do it. They talked me into it. They said they'd leave if I didn't do this. You can't give those excuses to God someday. That's why you're going to stand in that position of judgment for you and you alone. Personal boundary is essential for us to be successful. When we fail to exercise control, we will ultimately allow others to take that control over us. It's our responsibility to establish healthy boundaries with our family, with our friends, and with our coworkers, whatever that may be. This requires shifting our behaviors and even our tone and our verbiage between different populations of people. I mean, Pastor Cassie, you wouldn't go to AutoZone and walk up to the service manager in the morning and said, well, hello there. Would you like to help me with my little old car today? No, she wouldn't do that. She might say that to her husband, and I doubt it, but uh, <laughs> she doesn't have to pretend. She's like, Kyle, I love you, and let's live together forever, right? Uh, but no, you wouldn't do that. That would be inappropriate. You got to learn how to establish the right boundaries. You, don't, you can't just say, well, that's just me. I'm like that. No, you're making choices. Now, my husband, if I'm riding in the car with my husband, and he answers the phone and says, well, hey, darling, how are you doing today? I know he's either talking to his children or to Amy or to the grandkids. I mean, I, I'm not like, who are you talking to? <laughs> I'm not, because he uses a different tone with his family. His affectionate language is very different than when he is out or this morning when he was up, hello, now it's time to give. And the word of God says, he has a different tone. It's, it's according to whatever we're doing, right? Is that a pretty good impersonation, right? But it's all about boundaries. So that's personal boundaries. Now, the second is relational boundaries. Respect the person God puts in your life by keeping the boundaries that God has given to you and your personal self, and it will flow nicely into a new relationship that God will honor and accept. Anything less will not work. If you don't respect yourself, don't be surprised when others don't. Bring each relationship with the thought in mind, this is where I begin and this is where I end, and this is where they begin. Do not 
blur those two. Yes, the Bible says when you're married, two people become one, but they don't become two people. That's different. Two spirit, two emotional lives merge and amalgamate and become one, but they're not two people in one person. That would be freaky looking. <laughs> That's not God. <laughs> so I am responsible for me. I'm responsible, I'm responsible for myself. I can be responsible to you, but I can't be responsible for you. I might be responsible to you, but I can't be responsible for you. Otherwise, you'll end up in what's called codependency. And that's where you don't know where you end and another person begins. That's where you can't define who you are. You don't have your own identity apart from that person. You don't realize the person, the individual that God has made you to be. And you don't want to end up feeling like your only validation comes from others because we should know that God validates us first. He said, I love you. I have chosen you. I have called you by your name. You're mine. We need, we need that validation. That's the validation we need. And if you don't know who you are apart from who you are with, you may have ignored a boundary and wandered off the path that God meant for you. Let me say it one more time. If you don't know who you are apart from who you are with, you may have already gotten off the path that God has for you and crossed a boundary. 2 Corinthians 6 and 14 says, Be not unequally yoked. That's another boundary in relationships that too often is ignored, and I see it constantly, and I see single Men, single women that are divorced because early on they failed to include that as part of the mantra of their life when they saw somebody that they felt they were in love with and they said, I can win them over to Jesus if I just live the life. I'll go ahead and marry that person and then I'm sure they'll get saved. And they didn't. And they won't usually. Because a controlling spirit, if that controlling spirit got you that far in the relationship, it'll also take you down the path of destruction in the same relationship. So the Bible says, do not be unequally yoked. If, if you're in this, and this is righteousness, and that's the, the unequal yoke, then this is unrighteousness. The Bible says, what, what kindred spirit hath light with darkness righteousness with unrighteousness there 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 are there there is no kindred spirit there's a a line of demarcation that is carved in eternity from god that says you either are living in this or you're living in that and the third boundary is a spiritual boundary we know from the beginning of this teaching that since time began there have been boundaries the Bible puts it this way in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of sinners, 
scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. I said, I'm good right here. I'm going to live in this. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the waters and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I want to live over there. That's where I want to be. I want to be in this that God has for me. John 15 and 7 says, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. You know good and well when you're supposed to be living in this but you're living over in that. You can speak the word, speak the word but it falls off your lips as dishonest. It's not authentic. It's not coming from a pure heart and so you you search and you can't find the answer for what you need. You got to get back in the grace of God. You got to get back in the place that he called you to be. There's also for our spiritual boundary, there's also financial boundaries. Malachi 3 says, bring the tithe to the storehouse and see if I will not open heaven and pour out a blessing you can't receive. That's God's boundary. That's the boundary he set for your life. He's established personal boundaries in your life. He has established relational boundaries for you and he has established financial and spiritual boundaries that we can live in. And if you're here today, and you have crossed that because I'm telling you, we live in a society right now that has blurred this line and is just saying, come on, express yourself. Go ahead, find your true identity. Be adventurous in life. Live it to the fullest. They're telling you to ignore this line. They're trying to merge the lines together and make you decide what is right and wrong. But God's word will stand forever. It always has been, it is, and it always will be. Paul said in Ephesians 4 and 22, put off. Put off the old man. Just stop it. Just stop what you're doing that's against God's word. You can do it. God, put that stop it spirit inside of you. Don't say, I'm helpless. I just got in this trap. No, just get up and say, I'm stopping this. I'm moving out of this place. I'm not staying in this hole anymore. I'm getting on beyond to the things that God has for me. And be bold about saying, be bold about saying, I'm living this and I don't want to live in that I don't want to go over there I don't want to taste it I don't want to be a part of it but I want to be in the grace and fellowship and the boundary that God has for me the boundary is to keep me in and protect me it is not to keep me out and keep me from things that are better it's to protect me from those evils so today if you're here and you have crossed that line and you know if it's you. First John 1 and 9 makes it very simple. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I didn't say this in the first service, but I will say, I think this is a timely message as we enter into the season for blink because there's lots of practices, lots of things, lots of groups of people put together, maybe that are not together at times. And when you get tired, people get lazy sometimes. Just listen to what I'm saying. It can be so easy to just blur the line sometimes and things because I know that that can happen. I just feel that in my spirit and I come against that now in early in the name of Jesus. But if we confess our sin, he's faithful. 
He's just. Aren't you glad the word doesn't say if we confess our sin, he is ready to stand there and say, yes, you've sinned. No, he's faithful. He's just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He puts you back into this. That's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to keep you out and point out what you've done. He said, put off the old man. Put off the old man with his deeds and put on the new man. You know what it feels like to live in this beautiful place. Put off that old man. Put on the new man today. If you're here. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.